I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and dive deep into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because everything starts with you. Hello, Melissa. I am so excited to have you on my couch today. And we're going to know everything about you in very much detail. But instead of like reading somebody's bio, I'd like you to tell me a little bit about yourself. And then, you know, a therapy couch wouldn't be a therapy couch if we didn't start with your childhood and what your childhood was like and what you did in your childhood. But first things first, tell me a little bit about you and what you do. Awesome, Yamilka. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on your couch. This is very, very exciting for me. So I'll tell you guys a little bit about myself and then we'll dive into all the juicy questions that you have for me. But at this very moment, I am a full service marketing agency owner and I didn't have the normal path to this current position. I actually went to school for accounting and finance. I know such a crazy twist. And I actually worked in public accounting for about five years and was an internal auditor. So not what you would think of when you think of a marketer. But I did hear a lot of times in my career that I was probably in the wrong position because <laughs> I was too bubbly for an accountant and just too happy to be an auditor. And so my personality definitely stuck out in that industry. But a twist and turn of events got me to Disney, which introduced me to advertising, which introduced me to blogging, and the rest was history from there. Oh, amazing, amazing journey. So tell me about your childhood. What do you do? Where did you grow up? What was your life like? I think it's interesting. I've been, I think a lot about my childhood and, and many different facets of it. But I think it's been interesting lately just remembering parts of me, my younger self. And that to me, that's really fun and really cool when I hear something I'm like, oh, I did that. Well, that's right. I've always had this interesting like work ethic. I feel like from a very young age, I've always liked it to work. Even from a little girl, like I remembered this just yesterday, actually, which is really funny. When I used to be in daycare, I used to help the owner of the daycare do her billings on her computer. And it was like this little girl sitting next to her while like the owners like do him. And I don't know why she did that. And I don't know why I attracted and was able to do that with her. But it was very interesting that at an early age, I was just so involved in work. Like I didn't even want to play with the kids. I wanted to work behind the scenes for the daycare, you know? And that's really like that kind of sums up the childhood and the work ethic piece. Because I mean, after that, I just like I wanted to work all the time. And so I say that because work is a really important part of who I am. And it is something that completely drives me work and, and finding passion and finding purpose. And I think that's not, not something people say often, but, and it's, so it's still not something that I accepted early. I was like, that doesn't make sense. It's weird, but it's really who I am. Like I am really driven by purpose and passion. And so that shows from a young age and my parents are immigrants from the Dominican Republic. My father is actually from the United States, but Puerto Rico. 
And so they had always like a really good work ethic, except my mom would always joke that she's like, I'd rather not work. So if you can figure this out for me, that'd be great. It's just like seeing that and knowing that like they did it. You're like, if I can do it easier, faster, why not do that for them? So there's so many motivators behind that upbringing and, and just something that was like already innate in who I was at a young age. Yeah. I have to say, I know we've only known each other for a few months, but you bring this enthusiasm to work and the way that you do things, it feels exciting to work with you because you're always so upbeat and this is great. This is wonderful. Let's do this. And, and you know, so much about the industry, you know, so much about details that I would have never thought, you know, a person would actually really focus on. And I love what you said about purpose and meaning, because I feel like that's the essence of the brand that you have and that you strive for. So in that sense, tell me about your personal brand. What is it all about? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question, Emilka. And you don't even know the reason that's such an amazing question is because that's been showing up for me the past few weeks. My focus has been yanking at me, like focus on my personal brand, get, you know, get back into that. And I have been neglecting it and it's been really hurting me. Like my soul has been crying and dying because of it. So I have started what I think is the start of a great brand. And my brand starts out as the Hispanic marketing go-to consultant, advisor, whatever you want to call it. And that's kind of how it started, the Melon Rodriguez Co., which is what I refer to as my brand. And then it has these umbrellas where it goes and expands into social media relations, which is my full stack agency. And then it expands into Empower Her Sisterhood, which is my basically nonprofit giving back to women. And so it's starting to evolve. And just the other day, I was thinking to myself, Yamilka, like I'm somebody that who takes like massive action really fast. I actually don't like, I don't plan as much as most people do. I think about it. If it feels like it's going to be good, I just go fast and fail fast if that's going to be the issue, the answer. And so without these initiatives that I have, they were all like just on a whim. Let me start an agency or let me do a Hispanic marketing agency. Oh, let me just do this woman. Like it was very easy for me to just make this decision. And now as I'm building my brand, I think I have a lot of beautiful things and that I have some core values that are represented there. But now it's a matter of now I want to make it, I want to raise the standard of everything. And so now my brand is evolving into a new level, a new class of, of what it looks like and what it's going to feel like soon. But that took a long time to get to that point. And so I do think it's important to know like our brand, our personal brand, it's such an evolution. And there's moments when it's really strong and there's moments when it's really weak and that's okay. You just have to continue the the what's whatever you put in and it, and it can change and my brand changes all the time to different focuses but right now it's the mindset and entrepreneurship women empowerment marketing and latinx and hispanic conversations that i'm really focused on for now yeah it's so exciting to hear that and really bring that to the forefront i've had so many amazing conversations with diversity leaders and women entrepreneurs that are doing amazing and incredible things. And I'm so excited to be part of that community. And you're like the leader or the exemplar of kind of this type of woman and, and how you really bring in, not just for your business, but for your nonprofit and what you're doing for other people. So I am so excited for you. So let me ask you this question. You know, people are always like, what do you mean? But it's like, 
When did you know you had become famous for something? So for this question, it's going to have a multi-layer, like per usual, my responses. I think it's interesting because I feel like I have been famous like multiple times in different parts of my life. And I'm sure people can relate to that. And so I feel like in my first chapter of my life, you know what? No, let me backtrack. Actually, before that, the first time I was famous, this is a good story. I wrote this poem that I entered into this contest. It was like one of the army organizations, the Navy's like veterans. And so they did a contest around, write What the American flag means to you. And so I'm in middle school, I think sixth or seventh grade. And so I submit this beautiful poem about the American flag and how it represents the life that my parents gave up to come and provide for us. And so I won the contest and the, the poem was published in the newspaper and I got like photos and I had like all this really great excitement around this poem in this contest that I had won this little Latina girl, you know, and I was getting all these letters. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, my God, I feel so much pressure. Sixth grade old me. right? I have so much pressure. Like I have to like everyone's you're like saying to me, I have a bright future. I'm like, what if I don't live up to that? What if I don't have a brain? You know? And so I share that because I'm like, the first time I feel like I was famous, it was at a young age for a very beautiful, small little poem thing. And I understood what the responsibility that came with that. That was the first time I understood that. The more you do good or bad, the more responsibility comes with this. And are you ready for that? You have to be able to tackle that. And so then again, I think in my career, I had a moment in Ernst & Young when I was there in public accounting where I became like one of the top performers in my entire office because that's just who I am. Like, I don't like to do anything half fast. Like if I do something, I go all in, I'm like obsessed. And so everybody knew who I was in that space, in that office. And so when I quit my corporate career, I fell flat to being nobody again. And I was like, nobody knows who I am. Like all these years I put in, I built this reputation. I'm again, zero. And so that's what I mean. Like you become famous, obviously, for different crowds of people, unless you're Beyonce or Jay-Z, or, <laughs> you know, or Tony Robbins. I mean, that's kind of. Yeah, that's perfect. Because one of my other podcasts, I was telling people like, I was famous for this fashion show I did. And yesterday I had a conversation with a student and I told him my name. He didn't even know who I was. But when I told him my company name, he knew exactly what I was talking about. And I was just amazed how when you build something with so much passion and love and how it kind of people start to get to know the brand itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's just beautiful to see that. So let me ask you this. Can you tell me a few times where you didn't achieve your goal, where you weren't able to reach what you were, you know, you said like failing fast, if that's kind of what happened. So tell me a time that you didn't achieve your goals. Mm. Let me just say this and this isn't going to sound crazy. Up until very, very recently, I never set goals. I know that sounds wild. Like I just flow with life so much all my life that I've allowed life to just take me where it takes me. And I even, I never planned even to go to college until somebody just said, my English teacher said to me that I had to write an essay for college because that was part of our assignment. So I said, okay, fine, I'll write an essay for college. But I didn't even plan on going to college. 
life has always been like a something shows up and I'm like, oh, that's a good opportunity. Let's take that in that surrender state has been a lot of my life until recently when I started a company, I learned about goals and I said, oh, okay, I guess I should set some goals, you know, but there have been projects and like things that I kind of either knew were going to fail or didn't feel as excited or I didn't know I was invested in, but I didn't know if it was going to work out. And I think that the first ever marketing project that I did was for free, which I think everybody starts out, they do a free project just to get their portfolio. And it was free because it was a friend who asked us to do like, hey, will you market our festival? It was a music festival. Mind you, he had never put on a music festival in his life. I had never done any marketing and neither had my friend who was helping us. So you just had a group of people who had never done any of this, investing all money and time and resources into putting on a festival. Like I'm literally contacting talent agents to get performers to come to this festival. You know, like I'm negotiating deals with big artists who I don't know what I'm doing. I had no idea what I was doing. We poured a lot of man hours and time for over the course of a couple months. And the day of the festival comes and it is pouring raining that day. And the festival is outside with a couple of tents. And not only is it pouring raining, but there's a beer garden event going on right across the street. And not only that, but there's like nobody there. And everything that we thought was going to look one way looked a different way. I mean, we made the best of it. I still have photos. It's so beautiful. We made the best of it. There was maybe 50 or 100 people showed up in the rain, right? Like we're just dancing in the rain at this point. But I failed and it hurt. And I also shortly after lost the business partner that I started my company with. And so that hurt too. All of those challenges, they were painful enough to know what I don't want to feel. And so, and to have enough incentive to like not touch the fire. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I love that because I guess you learn from each lesson that you live through. And I'm sure that even though it was painful, I'm sure there were a lot of things that you know what not to do moving forward and in different ways and to look at life in a little differently. Now, let me ask you this. Was there ever a time when you were holding back to not doing something fully because you were afraid or anything like that? Do you remember a time like that? (laughs) Is that a real question? Yeah. I think think 99% of people walking around in this earth are holding back. (laughs) Uh, If that, that question is such a deep question. Wow. It's so funny. You asked that. I was just thinking about this today too. I was thinking about the fact that we're always holding back because we're living behind a lens of the perception of our reality, right? Like there's this lens of shame. There's this lens of guilt. There's this lens of sadness, all these lenses of emotions that we feel every day. And we're always filtering life and how much effort we give it through these lenses. And so up until even again, like past month or two, I like had a huge epiphany. I was like, oh my God, like, I've been holding back in so many directions in so many ways of like, I could be creating more content. I could be, I could be doing so much more with my business and then you have to journal, right. And figure out like, why am I not doing that? Oh, because you feel insecure or you feel overwhelmed or whatever that emotion is. And it's not until you like tap into that emotion, feel it, remove it, whatever you can do that you can then take more action. So like, I feel like we're always in a constant evolution of unhinging ourselves and I don't know if it's, there's very few people like, you know, the prophets, I guess, and Buddha who have completely unhinged themselves and they just walk around so enlightened and they're showing up their full self for sure. 
That is so true. And I can totally relate to that in my own business. You know, you think you're being open and then all of a sudden you're like, why is this not happening? Why do I keep hitting this wall? Why is this not happening for me? And it's that work to look in and make yourself aware of it so you can evolve and and move forward and you'll keep hitting walls, but it's all about that learning process. So tell me about people who have helped you in your life, because I know that we always, if we think about our own business, even if it's just us at one point in our business, we've always had people that helped us. So who are those people? Who are those mentors that you've had in your life? I want to answer that, but if you don't mind, I want to actually say something to the comment you just made too, because I think this is important too. You mentioned about that we sometimes we have to look inside to find the answer or why we're feeling stuck. Something that I've discovered recently is, yes, you have to do this inside thing, but there's power in, in going outside. And so what I mean outside, not like with other people, but like disconnecting from the situation or the problem and putting it from a very bird's eye view, because sometimes we get so connected and attached to the problem and we don't see what we did wrong. You won't because you're too connected to it. It's only when you release it and you go out that you can start to like really understand from a detached position of this is what happened. There's no ego. There's no attachment to this. This is just what happened. And that's really hard to do. But I just want to say that because sometimes inward, it doesn't feel good because you are not, it's not always meant to go inward. Sometimes you're meant to go out. Yes, you're right. And and I love that because sometimes we're too connected, right? We're too connected to things. And Mm -hmm. so going outwards helps us disconnect and look at it from a different perspective. Yes. You have to disconnect sometimes because that's a journey I've been on as well. In the journey, there's always going to be teachers and mentors and guides that I think we can attract depending on what stage we're in and and what we're ready for. I always joke with my friends when they tell me like they need to hire a coach. I always tell them like, don't look for the coach, let them find you. The teacher will find the student when the student is ready. And they always laugh at me. But then a week later, they're like, they found me, they found me. And I said, yes, because you said you were ready. And so the, the teacher found you. I feel like mentors have found me across my life at every stage from having a middle school teacher who to this day, I treat like a mother from having parents and, and I call them like my LA parents who I met when I lived in their little bungalow in LA to having career mentors and like that. I've just met at events that took me under their wing to coaches that I now work with people that I meet at events that we just collaborate with. So it's just, there's so much synergy that happens. It's just a matter of one, being open to those people in those situations, having the discernment to know who's good for you and who's not good for you, because there's definitely some that are not going to be good. And also understanding that this is a value exchange and that you have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to kind of just raise your hands and say, I need help. And that's kind of hard. We all know that. So, so yes. they're, they're there. They're there. Yeah. So tell me. Also about a time where you felt something was impossible, but you achieved it. (laughs) That's super funny. So I'm going to give the silliest answer. It's super short too. It's not a big one at all. 
but there's so many times when I thought that was making payroll or, or something's impossible. Um, how am I going to make this? And boom, the money just lands in our lap. There's just one instance with this one project where we had to get an insane amount of purchases for this Amazon product to help boost the, their ranking. It was such a silly project, but it was really good. It paid well. And we just needed the money. We're starting off. We had to get like 500 or no, I want to say like 2000 reviews completed in like a matter of a week. It was really insane. And so we were the last day and we were still short by 500 reviews. We're like, okay, we need 500 more people to buy this product and give us reviews. And I was like, there's no way we're going to do it. There's no way we're going to do it. And one of my good friends said to me, Melissa, I want you to think about accomplishing this as if your whole company depended on it. What would you do? And when she said that to me, oh my gosh, she unlocked a whole new part of my brain. I said, okay, I got it. I'm going to send some people to the college campuses. We're going to give away $5 gift cards. We'll have a laptop ready. We're going to bombard them. We're going to go in two different locations. Boom. We showed up to campuses. I stood outside with them. We gave away gift cards. We surpassed the 500 people buying that product in one day, in one day. And we accomplished it. We did it. You know? Wow. Yeah. That's, that seems almost like impossible. It wasn't that way. I think we always... You know, we're like, we're not going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But, and it's like, look at the other side. Like, what if you, what, if, what would it look like if you did? What does it take? Yeah. What would it look like if you tried? Right. Yeah. And so it unlocked something in me where now when somebody tells me I have a, we went, we might have a commercial that we have to do in the next like six weeks. Like, is, can you do it? It's really tight time frame. And I said, I can do anything. I can do anything. Give me two days. I just need one day. Just give me one day. I can give you the next, the next day. Right? Like, you can do anything. You really can. So tell me, you know, we're talking about challenges. Tell me two or three challenges that you've had in your business. I know that the Amazon one was a really good one, but if you think about as you've been growing, because I know there's the growing pains of business, tell me a couple of challenges that you've gone through. Oh my goodness, only two or three? <laughs> we could be here all day. Yes, I know there's probably a hundred. <laughs> here all day, right? I think that the challenge number one that I didn't see coming because I came from the accounting world was getting really familiar with your numbers and understanding every single penny that comes in, every single penny that comes out. Because once you start making money and you start getting clients, your focus shifts elsewhere. And it's tempting to to just give everything you have to your client serving and business development and forget like, you know, like, well, I have an accountant. It's fine. I have a CPA. It's fine. Like there's nobody like you, like there's no one looking at the numbers the way you're going to look at them. And that took me a long time to learn that one, even though people say it, people say it, but we still don't do it. We still no, don't do it. I don't do it. <laughs> no, it's hard. It's hard. It takes a lot of effort for me to look at this every single week. So that was one really big one, that mistake that cost me a lot of money, cost me labor, cost me people. I had the wrong people in the wrong seats. And then the second one was allowing toxic people to linger in my company, not taking action faster. And that's another one that we hear all the time. This is the hardest part because they're disguised. And like, there's always going to be like, for every one bad thing, there's three good things that come with it. And so it's not easy to eliminate or remove the people that are not serving your company. It's hard to like do that. And so that that's a big one that, again, took me a long time to get through and to figure out. 
And that goes hand in hand also with not setting higher standards for the business and for everything that we do. I feel like we have decent standards. Like my standards are so high now, like it's ridiculous. But before they were not. Before I was like, well, I'm just grateful that you're doing the work. Well, now I'm over that. Now I'm like, you're lucky to be working here. So we need to be doing amazing work, right? And so shifting into that mentality of like, no, no, no. Like this is, you show up here to do amazing work. Anything less than amazing, we're not going to really tolerate. You're so right. And many times we don't want to let go of an employee because the time that it takes to find somebody, you know, how much is this going to take to educate them? And all those things, we just hold on to bad people. We really do. It's crazy too. Like, you know it. You always know it. You know, like where everybody that's listening is thinking about somebody, right? And so then that person has to go. One of my coaches said something to me that was so powerful. She said, Melissa, you'll only ever make as much as your worst employee. Wow. When she said that to me, I said, we got to let go of these people. We got to move like, no, no, no. Like how I'm limiting my business, but by holding on to people who are not performing. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, we end up doing all the work. Mm -hmm. And then why are you hiring? Exactly. So tell me a few lessons learned. I know there's probably many and you've already told me a few of your challenges, which is really good. But tell me about big lessons that you've learned, not just about your career, but about life in general. Oh, wow. We're going to expand it to life. That's, that's a whole nother ballgame, right? Life is a game. I really have like tapped into, tuned into. And I think that's part of what you pick up on from my energy when I'm playful and fun. Like, it's because I treat life as a game. Like I genuinely do. And I, I walk around feeling that way. Like everything that happens, good or bad, I'm like, well, that's a fun little challenge. Or there's like a, ooh, that one I didn't see coming. You know, how are we going to play this one out? And so just being as playful as you can with life will really help you. I think everybody in the world, if we could all be just a little bit more playful with life, I feel like you would just have a little bit more fun. Like, you know, you don't yeah. take things so seriously all the time. Like what is so serious? It's not that serious. And if I'm sending an email sometimes, I'm like, yesterday I'm sending some radio spot commercial times. It's not that intense. So I'm going to have fun with my email, right? Like, Hey, what's up folks? How's it going? Here's your time. It's not that serious. So, and people, <laughs> You know what I mean? People appreciate that. So treat in life like a game in the sense that it makes you happier, it makes you lighter, it makes you enjoy it more, not taking things so seriously, reading the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz and really honoring those agreements for your life. And you're kind of set, right? Like that's it. I love that because I know one of the things that it's so fun working with you because that's what you, you take life and you just making it fun. Oh, look at this. Oh my God being excited about every little thing that happens and oh we got we got this and look, let's look at this and it's just it makes it fun to work with you so I can see why your clients just fall in love with you because you make things beautiful and fun and happy oh thank you I appreciate that I love that you received that and that's how you feel so I hope so I hope my clients have fun I have fun doing what I do I think when you have fun doing what you do like you can't make that up. That's real. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What is 
next for Melissa Rodriguez? So what is next in career life? But let's look at five years out, not like two years out. So what are you thinking is going to happen in your life? It's a great question. It's a, again, another thing I've been thinking a lot about lately, my like clarity, my vision of where I want to be right now, what I'm focused on that I feel like can definitely take fruit in the next five years is diving deeper in connecting and being a part of the Hispanic community and helping brands connect with this community in a more meaningful way. So I want to build my brand around supporting this community, giving them tools, business resources, like whatever I can just to connect with our community, our, our comunidad, and developing my personal brand so that I can just help more people, I can give them more value, just share what I know in my head and, and provide that and continue to build my, my agency with a very direct focus on this Hispanic community and continue to find ways to give back and also maybe just dabble in some real estate while I'm there. That's what oh, I'm like. I love that. Fun project goals, you know? I really want to develop some properties. Like that's kind of like an exciting wow. goal of mine. Yeah, I know. That's and, very exciting. You know, um, one of the things also that I think of when I think of you and what you're trying to do for the Hispanic community and all that is, is that when you give, you give it your all. You're not trying to hide something or keep things to yourself. You're really open and you want to give back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's beautiful because when we become successful, that is the point, right? Mm-hmm. It's to give back. Yeah. It's to be more connected to other people who need us and who need our expertise and what we can give. Yes. Right. So it's always yes. about, you know, you receive, you give, you give, yeah. you receive. Just a beautiful thing. So tell us, Melissa, where can we reach you? Where can we connect with you? Ooh, well, my personal brand, <laughs> my personal brand is evolving. So hopefully you guys will have more channels to reach me on. But in the meantime, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. That's my second um, most popular one. Third one is TikTok. And yeah, slide in the DM, send me, a, or you can send me an email, contact us at smrelations.com or melrodriguezandco.com is our site. And that's it. That's all she wrote. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. So I so appreciate your time and giving me the time to really be able to ask you these questions and with your beautiful soul and I also love that we connect at a different level as well. I was telling this to a client. He's not Hispanic, but he's from a different country. And I, and I was telling him the other day, I was like, you know, people who speak two languages, they have this little secret sauce that nobody else can really connect or understand yeah. at a certain level. So I love that even though, you know, we're, we're, we are speaking English and we're, living in America, we still have that little essence of where we came from, that culture that we bring and that makes us unique and different than some other people and understand things that sometimes aren't understood through vocabulary communication. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's like a little secret. It's like our little secret. Like, you know, we have like a little secret language and it's true. It really is. It's in a whole heritage and a whole culture that we understand nuances from. And you're right. And Melissa Rodriguez, Yamilka Rodriguez, <laughs> you know, a beautiful pair, a beautiful combo. So you're right. I'm, I'm ready yes, to share our last name. So yeah. that's exciting. 
Well, thank you, Melissa, for being on the show and being on my couch and getting to know you a little bit more and being vulnerable and letting us know what's really inside and on the stratosphere, right? Thank you. Thank you, Yamilka. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you'd like to connect with me on social, you can find me at Yamilka Rodriguez Branding, Bespoke Branding Agency, or email me at yamilka at yamilka.com. Thanks for listening.